The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. What can I say about Maggie Guderall that has not already been said? I mean, her amazing performance at Big's Backyard Ultra a few years ago, her absolute determination to finish Western States when things were not going her way, her time with the Team USA 24-hour team, her attempts to be the first woman to conquer the Barkley. She's incredible. She's one of my favorite all-time guests of all time, all time, all time, all time. Maggie Guderall is on the Adventure Jogger. Hello, Maggie. Hi, Ryan. It's been a while. It's nice to finally uh, chat with you again after about a year or so. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, things are pretty different for all of us now, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. By the way, you are one of the people uh, responsible for the Adventure Jogger. You were one of the people that gave me some solid advice on starting a new podcast, so I thank you for that. Yeah, I don't remember what I said, but I think you asked me if you liked, if I liked the name. You you dug the you dug the logo. You gave you gave me good advice on the logo. So so you're you're one of the people partly responsible for this, Maggie. And and I sure do appreciate it. A lot of things have changed for you as well. I mean, obviously there's the Rona, but is was I reading this correctly on Facebook, Maggie? Is this the first time in your running career that you've had to experience an injury? Oh yeah, one that set me back for more than like a a week or so. Yeah. Like what (laughs) what happened? Well, I think it's a long time in the making, but it really just kind of all manifested itself during that quarantine backyard thing that everyone did kind of like they put together, you know, and I think it was April 4th actually. Yeah. Um, and so I made up my little loop and it is up here, um, on the dirt roads behind my house and, you know, it's pretty steep and all, but I mean, just after like, I don't know, I think I was only like 40 miles into it. And, uh, it just was like, I am can barely move and there's like this weird soreness like kind of pain in in my like I couldn't really pinpoint exactly what the pain was and I didn't know and then finally like I don't know after two weeks when I was still limping around I couldn't walk normal I was like oh I'm really actually injured and I couldn't go see anyone because everything is closed (laughs) you know unless your leg is falling off and you go to the ER like there's like no way to get like any diagnosis and stuff so I was just Googling and I don't know, finally someone suggested like SI joint and I, yeah. the pain sounded right. Um, and then when things started to open back up, I like started going to the chiropractor and I found a PT that another, um, that Meredith recommended actually, um, Meredith Edwards yeah. who lives in Durango. Um, and so I was able to get to the root of it and it was actually my L5 S1. This is a really exciting podcast. That sounds L5 S1. Hang on. Hang on. L5 S1 sounds like a fancy sports car. Can you can you can you say what that is in regular terms? Well, yeah, it's like your low back basically. And so it's like almost your 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 uh, S1 is like one of your little tailbone bones and then yeah. the L5 is at very last spinal segment in the lumbar area and so i guess that just had no movement and it caused a chain reaction of i can't extend my hip flexor and then the si joint became inflamed and all that stuff and so what is that like because you've had a pretty great career so far 
of ultra running, you know, you've had some really big races and some really amazing highs and you go so long without a major injury. And then here you are, you can't walk right and you can't go to the doctor and you've already went on WebMD and put in all your symptoms and they told you you have terminal cancer because that's what WebMD tells everybody. Right? It's like I have, I have a runny nose, terminal cancer. That's what WebMD tells everybody. So that must have been quite a different experience for you to all of a sudden now be like, you can't run anymore. Yeah. Well, the worst, I think the worst case scenario and the WebMD was this like a stress fracture or some kind of like bone thing. But I think there's things that are worse than that even. So, um, but I, it made me kind of think like, oh, you know, you have to really concentrate on, um, on just like recovery and stuff. Uh, I mean, obviously I'd put in all the training for Barkley and it was canceled two weeks before. Yeah. And then, you know, you're kind of like, well, I just keep training. And then, you know, me and like Pam and Micah Morgan and her husband, Carrie decided we were like, Oh, I'll run a hundred mile a week just for no reason. You know, yeah. cause I don't typically put in hundred mile weeks. It's super time consuming. Um, now we had extra time. So we we're all kind of like, you know, I saved all my miles for like the last two days. It was not a good way to do it. And, you know, I, and then you would go home and you would veg out on Netflix cause like there's nowhere to go. So I think the combination of just continuing training or whatever I was doing yeah. and then it's like, Oh, it's not serious. It's not a race. So I'm not going to take recovery seriously. I'm not going to stretch or I don't know what I was doing. I, I'm sure it was obviously like my back's always been really not flexible. I think it's a long time that, that it was happening, but, um, oh, and also the uh, owner of Tailwind, he told me, you know, you're not getting any younger. So. <laughs> <laughs> you could call HR on that. I'm just saying, if yeah. you want to. <laughs> he would probably be like, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, but I got these really great PT exercises and I've been doing them religiously and I'm just going to keep doing that. And it's really cool that you can fix it with exercise. Yeah. Um, they're boring now. It's like whatever, but you know, I try to do them two or three times a day, pick and choose which ones I do. But like, if I can keep it at bay with that, then it's not horrible. I mean, people deal with more than a two month long, barely any running, no running type of thing. So, and it, and I mean, I, it's like, everyone's like, Oh, it's a good time to be injured. Or some people is like, Oh, it's a terrible time to be injured. Cause it's like, I mean, there's no races, there's no pressure to come back or whatever. Uh, at the same time, there's all this extra free time. And the only thing to do is go outside and run. So, um, but I did a lot of biking and stuff. So that must've been really weird because, you know, you come off that hundred mile week and you're doing this big virtual, uh, the virtual backyard ultra, which Maggie, why did you pick a hilly course? Most people had like went around, like Wardian went around his block, which uh, I was well, looking on Google Maps and I didn't see any mountains on his block. So, no, it's flat. Um, I mean, there's nothing flat here. I could have done, I could have done this 0.75 mile loop in, that's in front of my house instead of going behind. Yeah. But that's still 100 feet per mile and it's just this loop over and over again. And I kind of don't want to do that. Right. So I would have gone like, what? uh three ish three and something loops and then i would have to do an out and back to make up the 4.1 or whatever you had no choice this is what happens when you move to durango when you left the beast coast and headed west you really gave up your opportunity for those really flat super easy miles 
Yeah. I mean, there's, well, there's flatter places here if I want to drive to like the river trail or something. Yeah. Um, but I mean, with like Pennsylvania, you have the rolling hills. So sometimes you don't even notice. I mean, it's not necessarily flat, but yeah, here it's like everything's up, 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 and then down. <laughs> <laughs> so you're stuck in your house. You're injured. You know, you're all of a sudden you're like, I can't do the thing that I'm known for. Like everybody knows you as Maggie the runner. You know, your family knows you as Maggie the runner. Your friends, you're Maggie the runner. At work, you're Maggie the runner. And now you can't run anymore and you're stuck and it's quarantine. So that's like, that's right. It's a double whammy. You can't run anymore. You can't do anything because you're stuck in quarantine. What type of shows were you watching on Netflix? What kind of catch up did you get? You know, I don't even remember anymore. It's been, it feels like a long time ago. Uh, cause like now the weather and I, I remember like right March, like pretty much everywhere there, like end of March and April, the weather was like pretty crappy still. Yeah. Like it was cold here. I think you guys had like, I don't know how about the South was, but I think like, you know, Northeast got like sleet or weird, cold, annoying weather. Yeah. So everyone kind of stayed in that feels like a long time ago. Uh, I don't know. I watched the other, you know, Netflix was releasing whatever stuff, uh, what's that show called Ozarks. Yeah. So yeah. we like, watch that. Um, man, I just like documentaries and stuff. I don't even remember, honestly, like what a waste of time. We got on this, um, this, uh, like history kick. We watched like, like we finished watching Downton Abbey. Which uh, is that, you know, British drama. I'm telling you, my wife and I. And then we watched some show called Poldark, which is a British period all drama. My mom makes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like British time thing, you know, from okay. like, Has not your, contemporary. Right. Has your mom watched Outlander? Yes, that too. <laughs> I think she actually. She didn't. Is that an HBO thing? So it's a, it's a um a stars stars show. Yeah, it's on Netflix too. She, I feel like she came over when we had. I thought it was on HBO. She came over to our house like while I was working from home. Went yeah. back when we lived in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And I set her up with the TV, and she sat there and watched it in our living room. Like <laughs> then she left when she was done. <laughs> No, it's so weird because my parents recommended that show too. They're like, "You guys got to watch Outlander," and, and my yeah. wife and I started watching it. I'm like, "Oh God, there's a lot of nudity in here. Why are my parents oh, watching the show?" I walked in during the the thing because I went. It was like our living room and kitchen were one big thing. <laughs> I'm like, what are you watching? She's like, oh, I know, it's that kind of racy. Um, <laughs> is that the one with the guy from Game of Thrones, Jon Snow? Um. No, he. I don't think he's in that one. But the guy kind of looks like him. Oh, okay. So, but it, it, one of those shows—they all sound like <laughs> sounds right. But, but there is nothing more uncomfortable than watching TV. Even as I'm, I'm, I'm 42 years old. I have, you know, I have a, a teenage dog. I've all my kids are teenagers now. My oldest is a college student. But still, to this day, there is nothing more comfortable, un- uncomfortable, than watching TV with my parents and the and nudity is on the screen. It's like God. Oh God! <laughs> change, change the. Outraged. I know. <laughs> your mom tells you to grow up. <laughs> so, so you get you get kind of you, you get you find out what the problem is, right? And you you start rebuilding. Have you started running again at all? Or are you still on the bike? Yeah, 
No, I, I'm back. Uh, mostly like I just now I feel like really out of shape. <laughs> and I think that it's more glaringly obvious here at altitude when you're out of shape, like things just seem harder. Um, although I don't know, I've never taken like a two month break like that. So who knows? Uh, but I ran a 62 mile week cause I joined that to the moon relay for the, I run far thing. Yeah. I thought that was like a good number and I made it and I feel okay. And so, you know, I think it just, I'm not going to go crazy yet, but, um, I, I mean, I did, I did a lot of like running. I did a 12 mile nonstop run. Mm-hmm. Like what, a lot of what I've been doing is bushwhacking and hiking. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that counts as runs. And so I think it's important to add some of that, but just not go all running. So hopefully, you know, I don't know. I have the whole summer. I mean, the only thing I have on my schedule is bigs and like really at this point, who knows? So I just, you know, try to be back in shape by October for, you know, just naturally because I want to be. So it's funny that cause like October feels like a, a, a long time away. It feels yeah. like, Oh my God, October, but it's really not, you have no. about what, like three months mm-hmm. to kind of get back in that shape. Is there pressure on you because of, you know, and, and it's not coming from anywhere else, but yourself, uh, because you did such an amazing performance the last time you were at bigs. I mean, my God, people were like, holy crap. Is there, is there pressure to go back and perform at that level again? Or even, cause I, you told me you could have gone farther had, had the fella that was running with you made it more laps. You could have got, you, you said to me, you could have got 300. 300 miles. I mean, I think so. Yeah. It's hard to say because you never know, like it could switch in right. a minute, but I felt like, yeah, this is going well. I haven't had a low point, you know, I was expecting a low point to come that night. Um, but like, who knows? So I really think that it's just like, important to get healthy by then and it'll be okay. The other thing is like, I'm, I'm trying not to think of all the different scenarios of what could happen, but like, you know, I just want to be, in good shape to, to, to hold up for that many miles because I think there's some other quality people going and, you know, you, it's kind of like they can't go far without you. You can't go far without them. And it's like, you know, you want to put in a good effort. Um, I also want to see what it's like to get, if I can get through a third night, you know, yeah. so just those are my own curiosities and goals. And, um, and then on the off chance, which is highly likely, cause I don't know why anyone would want to come to America right now <laughs> that none of the foreigners can get here and Laz decides to hold it. And it's like just local people, um, meeting this country, then America, I mean, it's a free, it's a freedom, know. it's a freedom edition of the bigs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I don't know, then it'll be a different kind of vibe, but either way, like there's still some great people that'll be there and yeah, I don't know. we'll just see. <laughs> it'll, it'll be sponsored by Paps blue ribbon. <laughs> it's the, the all American version of Big's backyard ultra brought yeah. to you by Paps blue ribbon with your own Paps aid station. Is it, have you thought about this? And I don't know if this is a guy thing or, or whatever, if you've even that having a target on your back, have you ever felt like when you started achieving a certain level of success uh, in running, whether it was in the timed events with 24 hours and how you excelled so quickly in those and did so well at Western States. And at some point, did you realize there was a target on your back and people were starting to gun for you? Um, I mean, honestly, my last race was bigs and there's been no races then. So I don't feel like that's a thing. (laughs) Like the target's gone now, right? (laughs) 
I mean, it's just a different kind of race. I feel like people aren't going to be like, oh, like she's a threat if I show up at, um, you know, the local 50K here or anything. Like, it's not really about speed. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, when you get to bigs, like if, if the race happens and everything happens, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, like I would do the same thing. Like if I would see like, oh, how's Johan doing? And I'll always think about, you know, what does he look like or what's Courtney look like, even though, you know, we'll be running together. And yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's not that kind of race, so I don't, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. It is kind of weird with, with bigs, especially because like you kind of count on those people to get you through those early miles. Right. And you're running yeah. with a group of people for hours on hours on hours on hours. And people start to yeah. drop and the, and the group gets smaller it is it's probably a different mindset in a race like Biggs than it would be for like yeah, Western know, States. Right. Like, so like States you're like, Oh man, I really hope we can catch them. And obviously you don't want anyone to have a bad race, but like if they start to fade or feel bad, then that's your, you go past them and you're like, yeah, but it bigs like, that's not really the case. Cause like you don't really necessarily want people to fade because then you can't go farther. So you're not really wishing, I mean, you know, it's, it's just like, it was like the last whatever day, um, before it ended when I thought like everyone was kind of dropping like flies and then you started to get worried because yeah. you're like, as long as you keep in the mind that like, I, w- I want this to keep going. This is what I want to see how far we can go. Um, whereas like, I think the first year I went, I was kind of like, Oh, when are more people going to drop? Like how long, when does it just be like two people? So you just, you know, kind of, you know, you feel like you went far enough or something, you know? So I don't know. It's just like different trash talking people. Like, you know, you've gone far enough. You have nothing else to prove to anybody. The yeah. first year. But it's kind of weird because it, it is a different racing environment because you do want these people to continue, but it, at the same time, you don't want them to continue because you're like, listen, I'd like for you to keep going because it's nice to have this group that you're that you build this camaraderie with on these mm-hmm. loops. But you also want people to start dropping because you want to end this thing pretty soon. You don't want to be going on forever. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, I guess sometimes if you feel bad, like you're feeling low, like low on energy, and you're like, why does this person look so good? And you start <laughs> to think like, oh, no, you know. So, yeah, there's a lot of that because, I mean, you see everyone the whole time and there's, like, a lot of thinking. But, um, you know, I don't know. I don't really think about – we'll see. It'll be – hopefully I'm in good shape and I feel, like, nice and confident going into it. Um, Yeah. If not, like, you know, I'll I'll go and I'm not going to try and – re-injure myself for this. Right. But I think, like you said, like, two months is – two or three months, whatever. And I've come so long in the last two or three months. Like, I think it'll be fine. So is there a workout that, you know, like you, if you do a certain workout and you, it feels a certain way that, you know, you're in peak Megatron shape. Um, well, it's hard to judge here because like, I don't, I, a lot of times it'll be like, I'll look back on Strava and I'll be like, Oh, I was doing this loop here and look at how good my times were. And then I'm like, Oh, they're not as good now. Or right. oh, they're much better than last time. So and since this is like my 
kind of like, this will be my second late summer to fall training for this. Yeah. Like if I do some of the same routes or I just feel like if I feel pretty strong and like I'm recovering really well and I feel good, whether fast or not is not as, as important for this, this race. Right. Um, but like you want to maintain speed or whatever, or in my case, build it period. Because <laughs> I don't have any. <laughs> but no, the thing is, I was thinking about all the races that you've done and all the aspects of ultra running that you've participated in, whether it was the, the, the team USA 24 hour team and how you excelled so much, the 24 hour team and how you really, you know, uh, made a name for yourself in mountain racing. You know, you, you had an incredible Western States the first year you were there. Um, you know, the second year was, it was just to see you like not quit was, was the most amazing. Like, it was like, Oh my God, she's, she's incredible. You know, so many people you think like they have a bad day and they want to call it quits, but to see you just continue out there on the course. So you, you have that. And then, and then this, you know, with Barkley and how you continue to progress in Barkley, you're a very well-rounded runner whether it's timed events on a track or tough stuff out in the mountains, a lot of people have to pick one or the other. You seem to have a, a skill in, in all aspects of ultra running in a way. Oh, and I think it just bounce around to what sounds good. Yeah. And, and then you have to just really put all your focus into that one thing. I think that's part of the reason I didn't do so well in States. I had done it, but I feel like you have to go back because you're like earned another spot. And I felt like I could do better, but like you have a lot going on and like we were moving and I don't know, my training wasn't there. Like, again, I just had so many rough last workouts where I was like, this is not like last year. Right. (laughs) Um, And you go because you're like, it's an honor to run. And that's why I didn't quit. I'm like, I'm not injured. You can't just drop out. There's people want to get in the lottery and like I've been trying. So it's like, unless you're injured, like there's no reason to just, I had plenty of time just sucks. And then, you know, I, you kind of, I don't know, pick the things that are seem really hard just to see if you can do it, you know, um, like Barkley, I think my Barkley's regress, not progressed, but well, yeah, I was was talking about this with some friends of mine. Cause you've, I think, chatted with a couple of friends of mine out there at frozen head jeff stafford and travis esterby you ran into those guys out there and with 14 books now it really has changed the game and we were having a conversation about does 14 books put it out of the reach of the everyman runner like when you watch the great documentary i've always looked at john fagavaresi as this great like he's he is the hero he is the star of that yeah. movie, right? I mean, yeah, Jared Campbell's great and the, and the other dude's great, uh, but he was the star to me because I think people could watch that and they could kind of put themselves in Feggy's shoes, right? They could relate to Feggy and they could they could see themselves in him. He was the, he was the hero of that. And I think, I wonder if 14 books, because I believe it was 11 books or 10, was it 10 the year that he did it? And I wonder if 14 books has put it out of the realm and the reach of of the everyman to hope to someday finish Barkley with just enough determination and luck. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if and every man could ever finish. I think Feggy's like a great athlete. And right. People don't realize like how strong he is. And he is also, he has like the mind for the navigation. Yeah. And he really like, he obsessed over it. Um, 
I mean, he hasn't been able to finish again since, but again, like it's just really hard to get that level of training and focus and to have all the stars align. Um, Cause I mean, at this point, I think good weather is really going to be a factor even for someone like Gary Robbins finally finishing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm like, I don't, the more I do it, the more I'm like, you know, you go into it and you're like, I'm going to finish this. And you're like, you don't think I never thought I'd finish the first year, but I'm like, I think I can get three loops and yeah, you know, we'll just see. Um, and then every year I do it and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, but I have to try and see what, you know, where I'm like, I did everything right. Conditions were great. I mean, and this is as far as I got and I don't want to keep doing this training year after year. And then I'm like, whatever, but that hasn't happened yet. And so, I mean, obviously we're all just kind of rolled over for next year. So, um, I mean, he can't change the course cause no one finished. So. <laughs> right. I mean, he did make a major change last year, which is just insane. Um, it, and yeah, I don't know if it's, I mean, there's just a lot of incredible athletes out there. I mean, it's going to take a really strong woman with the, the navigation. So I've been kind of like, um, scouting around for Nolan's 14, you know, that route in like the saw watch with the 14, yeah. 14ers. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, it, it's just interesting to compare them. Um, the Nolan supposedly has less climbing, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, it's at altitude and the bushwhacking there and the navigation is much easier. Plus you're allowed, you can use whatever you want right. You can pick your own route. Whereas Barkley, you need to follow a certain route. And um, obviously navigation in Tennessee is a lot different than Colorado. Yeah. It's but usually like, turn left by the meth house. Yeah. Like Nolan, Right. And like you're on top of a hill and all the hills look the same. Whereas like you're on top of a mountain and you're like, here's my options. And I can clearly see where I'm going the whole way. Um, but like Nolan's, you could literally die. <laughs> um, whereas Barkley, like, yeah, you could die, but like mostly from really poor decisions. Um, but like Nolan's, you could die from like one quick wrong decision. <laughs> right, right. Um, but like, that physically, I feel like if I can finish that, and I'm not going to try it this summer, but in one day, if I can physically finish that, then I think I have a shot at Barkley. Like the physical aspect, yeah. it's just all of the other stuff has to come together. It's really about navigation. So, have you been watching? Um, this is kind of the summer of FKTs because they're they're falling yeah. everywhere, le- left yeah. and right. Um, Kyle Curtin. Who, who you know, uh, what a mutual friend of ours. Um, he just took down the the Tahoe Rim Trail FKT uh, unsupported, beat the previous unsupported time by like 10 plus hours. And yeah. he was on track to beat Killian's supported uh, FKT until, well, he d- didn't plan the water thing just right, but stuff like that yeah. happens. Are you, are you following al- this al- along the, the FKT summer and kind of going like, ooh, I would, wa- I would really want to do that? Um, I'm not like putting any pressure on myself. I'm just, honestly, I'm just geeking out on maps and coming up with like, Oh, I want to see what's over here. Cause I'm not traveling. I was barely here last summer just yeah. from work. Um, so I'm just like, I want to explore where I live and like realized 
that I could do this whole summer. Like we, every weekend goes somewhere new and I wouldn't even touch the surface. Um, but like Kyle's an incredible athlete. He does. So I always like to see what he does here. And I'm like, what did he do? And you know, I don't know. Also sometimes don't want to look at his Instagram during the weekday. Cause I mean, he was in the military, but he's not working now. So. No, no. He did but- his time, but I'm just like, damn it. Him and Schlarb are always out climbing mountains on like Tuesday. And I'm like, doing taxes. <laughs> yeah. You took a break from doing your taxes, uh, to, to do this interview. And I thank you for doing that. Cause that's not a whole lot of fun. Well, this is better. I was like, this will put me in a better mood. I'm like, whatever. Um, <laughs> well, you know, you know what I should do? Cause like friends are like, oh, I'm jealous of your mountain pictures. I should just put an Instagram post of me doing taxes. <laughs> and be like, this is just, something <laughs> doing. Actually, do you, I will do that. Do you have a, a, a watch sponsor? Uh, no. Okay. You, you, you could just like whatever watch you wear, just have a picture of your hand with your watch on it over your tax papers and like tag the watchmaker, like, Team Sunto Elite <laughs> in your Instagram post. Like, like yeah. hitting some vert today. <laughs> vert on my taxes. Hashtag vert oh, yeah. on my taxes. <laughs> uh, that's true. Um, I mean, I could just tag random every watch brand too. You could. You could just do that and say like, hey, I'm looking for a watch. Hello. They might want to reshare it on their channel. <laughs> we talked about this a couple of years ago. And and I, I asked you, because um, you had some great Instagram photos and some great Facebook photos of you running. And I was always blown like, who is taking these pictures? And I couldn't like, are you taking someone out in the mountain with you when you take these great shots? Or are you setting up your camera on the ground and taking shots as well? How do you, how, Maggie, how do what you get running those? shots do I have that are good? Oh, no, what it was is, is you didn't know how they did it either because you couldn't get it to work. Because you were like, I yeah. put, you put your camera down on the ground and you run past it and it doesn't look as epic yeah. as everyone else's. Everyone said, you dummy, you take a video and then you screenshot it. <laughs> but like, I don't know. They all look dumb that way too. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love looking at these pictures just going like who in the hell is out of the mountains taking yeah. the picture no as- actually there's a lot of athletes that I'm like I won't name them but I'm like well, well so okay well I'm really enjoying um, Matt Lipsy and Zach Miller's uh, adventures now because Zach Miller left bar camp and went back to Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and him and uh, Matt Lipsy have been running around together yeah. so they're, they're each other's photographers so that's pretty good. They're pretty fun to follow. I'm sure like most people that listen to your podcast probably follow them. Oh, for sure. Matt Lipsy and not, Zach Miller. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're pretty hilarious. <laughs> what made it? Do you know why he, he decided to go back to, to the Beast Coast? Um. Oh, maybe you should. Uh, have you interviewed him lately? I have not. I yeah. after, after the last interview, he may not want to come back on. Oh, oh well, the cursing thing. <sighs> I feel like that's the case with a lot of people you interview. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I don't know. I think you just said Pike's Peak for a while, and it, you know. <laughs> I'll reach out, and he's probably forgotten. Like I, I will, I will not like 
Hey, my name's Ryan. I used to do this podcast with this guy. Well, and then it's it, Adventure Jogger. It's reinvented. You're different branding. It's more wholesome. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Y- y- yes. Yes. I am sure that Zach Miller was bored on a run one day and he was looking at running podcasts on iTunes and he's like, oh, the Adventure Jogger. This seems like something right up my alley. And he listened to it and goes, oh, it's that one guy that made me swear once or tried to get me to swear. He seems like a nice guy now. He he, I, he, he must be. He must have changed. Which, uh, by the way, thank you to everybody who's who's given me a whole lot of grace. I just want to say thank you to everybody. Uh, I, I really do appreciate that. But no, I, and I want to get Lipsy on too. I think the thing is Lipsy um, doesn't live near internet. <laughs> so it would have to, yeah. I'd have to get him to call me from a payphone or something. But that'd be kind of... Well- I mean, he works, so <laughs> right. he does have internet somehow, I guess, unless he does it all on paper and stuff. I feel like he writes, like, weird laws for conservation. Yeah, yeah he does that with a feather quill. and He's got the feather pen and the little inkwell, and he just writes it real real old school. Speaking of work, you work at Tailwind. Didn't that, that's not, yeah. They're not your sponsor. You actually physically work for Tailwind. Yeah, yeah. How's that they, gig? They pay me a handsome fee. That's my biggest sponsor. <laughs> I just have to show up for like 10, 8 to 10 hours a day or whatever. So what what do you do for, for Tailwind? I'm in marketing. So I'm the athletes and events manager. Um, I mean, I, I go to a lot of on-site events, which isn't really happening right now. But there's um, we support a lot of races, which is also – I mean, that's getting uh, – it's kind of not ramping up, but like here and there race directors are like, Oh, this is going on and we're going to have a race. And, um, a lot of, it's interesting, like certain States, they're like, like Utah's like, it's on bulk bags. We have all full service aid stations. And then other States are like, we can have 50 people and we need individual servings of tailwind because, you know, and you know, one race director ordered, uh, we had these tailwind masks that we got from, from Boco, they learned how to make, they're pretty sweet. Um, but we sold out, I think we're getting more, but America doesn't really like masks. Asia ordered like thousands. We ordered like 150, (laughs) 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 you know, one race director bought them for all his like volunteer people, which is really nice. And like, um, so it really depends on the state or like the laws or, um, some people say it's on and then two days later they're like, Nope, it's actually off again. <laughs> it's weird. It's just crazy. It is so weird. And I don't know, um, where are you at in Colorado right now as regard in regards to people, uh, things being open and, and, uh, like restaurants and what have you, are you kind of moving towards normal or are you still pretty locked down? Uh, no, I mean, we're pretty open here. Um, I mean, we're a tourist town, so now the tourists are here, and yeah. Texas is a big thing here. A lot of Texans come here, people from Utah, but mostly Texas and Arizona, and those states are really crazy out of control. So, um, I mean, it depends. The grocery store is like, you know, you'll see like a handful of people with no masks. Um, it's generally most people are wearing masks. But then, like I've heard, I read about Grand Junction, which is like, three hours north of us and no COVID's gone there and there's no masks and uh you know so it just varies on like state or county to county and um I mean restaurants are open but they're spaced out you know I avoided downtown on fourth of July yeah um 
our fireworks are canceled gathering but i mean we have a fire ban so that was like the main reason but um yeah i don't know like how is it there i mean oh maggie in the south there's no covid there yeah it's like rona what what are all these people wearing these stupid masks for? Like, like I'm sure where you're at in Durango, if you're in the grocery store, you know, the bulk of the people are wearing masks and you kind of give a look to someone who isn't wearing a mask. Like, really? You don't care about your fellow man? Like, you're disappointed in them and they can see the disappointment in your eyes? Hmm. Where here, if you wear a mask in the grocery store, you get looks of disappointment like, oh, you darn sheep. You know, (laughs) following the herd, there ain't no such thing as Rona. That's a, that's a hoax, you know? And so it is, it's really interesting to see, even like my parents live in Wisconsin, how much more that's kind of shut down and how much more seriously they're taking that. And then down here, it's just like, people just, (laughs) it's like, it is. And that's why I think Biggs is going to happen this year. Because I mean, if if La- now I'm not saying Laz is going to be like it's a hoax or whatever. It's 100 percent up to Laz because I don't think he needs any permits. This is literally on his property, right? And I don't think he needs anything for the road. I mean, the cops showed up last year, and not for the race, but for like this crazy dog that was around. But and they were like, "What's going on?" They didn't care. Like, so I think it's 100 percent up to Laz. I think you're right. Um, yeah. Knowing him, he'll definitely figure out every single way to make it happen. Um, so I think it's just a matter of whether foreign foreigners can get here or even want to come here. Yeah, I know because we're kind of on the on the on the poop list over in Europe. Yeah, you know. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I think Lash should have his own um, plastic tent. That he just stays in. <laughs> That's just his space. There's a little chair for him. There's a little internet. And then, you know, no one goes in there. All you'd see is a cloud of smoke, Maggie. You would see Laz like the first hour, and then it would just be this this clear plastic tent with a, with smoke. It would look like a scene out of Did you see that that movie Arrival where Amy Adams is talking to the space aliens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be like that. You'd see all the smoke, oh. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you'd see a hand. An alien arm comes through, or like <laughs> that would freak you out. Oh my god, that would be interesting. That's what it would look like. Imagine Maggie, you're on night number two. You know, you're exhausted. Big's backyard ultra, and you get to the finish line. And then you have to, you know, pack up and restart again. And there's that plastic tent covered in smoke and a hand hits the plastic. Like, ah! That would freak you out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Weirder things, I guess. Weirder um, things could happen. You're right. It is the South. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Last book. I think Laz is not in the hoax group, you know? No, I, I, I didn't. I didn't mean to imply that Laz. No, I know. Um, it's funny though. Cause I talked to him about Barkley and cause I was like, man, does, does he not care? Cause like, I was getting a little worried that he was trying to have Barkley and everyone's like worried. Like Laz is like the most vulnerable group. You know, he's older, he smokes. Yeah. Like, um, but he told me as soon as China shut, shut down their, um, their economy, he was worried. And that was way before stuff hit the fan in, in America. So 
So he was like in tune. Yeah, that's such a last thing to say too. Like when you know, when China shut down, shut down their economy, I started to get worried because you yeah. know he's a former accountant, and I I think if you only know him from um, the documentaries and the articles, you get kind of a different idea of of who he is. I I was kind of lucky because he knows um, my buddy Travis Esterby, who you met uh, out at Frozen Head, because he's he's done Barkley and. Um, they got to chatting and, and, you know, Travis owns a running store. So we hooked Laz up with some shoes for his LazCon. And so Laz came up to Clarksville to the store to kind of, you know, do a, it was, it was, it was this really cool, like old school, like he brought like a slide projector and he was just showing different pictures of his LazCon and he'd sit oh, up. Oh, I think I remember they hosted that. Yeah. Like the, it was, you know, the feet, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was, it was so much fun. And, and Durbin came up and a bunch of other uh, Barkley guys, but I got there about two hours early and Laz was there and it was just um, Jeff Stafford and Travis Esterby and myself and Laz. And we just kind of sat and just kind of shot the shit. Sorry, Zach Miller. Um, I mean, just, you know, BS for, <laughs> he's never going to come on now, um, it, just for a couple hours. And it, he's really... Uh, like this, this very fascinating guy, and there's so many more layers to him than you get just by watching a a, a, a movie about him and the little clips that you get here and there. You're kind of like, this guy is like nine steps ahead of everyone, and he's his brain works in this really beautiful way. No, it's true. He could tell like a story about like paint drying, and it would be interesting. <laughs> exactly. That's it's so true. He could like have a slideshow with like, all right, guys, here's a, I painted my bathroom, and here's some before and after pictures. I think you're doing your AJW voice. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> to work on that. Hey there, Maggie. What's going on? Way to go, Gunnarell. Yeah, which, well, yeah, they're, they're, they're very similar. Yeah, you're right. Damn it, that's the same. I got like one voice I can do. It's my my HAW voice is like my one voice for everybody. But you're right. You could. You're like the guy that's like, oh, do an Australian accent, and all you can do is just the Indian accent. You ready? Here, Maggie, ask me to do certain voices. Here we go. We're gonna do a little voice game. You ready? Just just pick. It could be an okay. accent or a celebrity. <clears throat> you Kermit the Frog. Hey there, I'm Kermit the Frog. All right, next one. Um. Yeah, do do an Australian. Hey, uh, hey, good day, mate. I'm Australian. <laughs> <laughs> I picked Kermit first because I was like, well, at least it'll be semi-close. Like, <laughs> you sound like old smoker Kermit or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you have a great voice for interviewing. I don't know about a voice actor. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's, uh, yeah, I'll kind of put my dreams aside of being unless that's one voice is what they're looking for which it could be well i'm telling you what if if somebody makes like andy's andy's writing a book right now which i can't wait to read and if and if they can't get andy to do the uh the audio book like i was born for that job right oh, yeah <laughs> well you should just randomly do a chapter with no explanation where they're like why does he sound so weird in chapter three? It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't wait to read that. That's yeah. going to be interesting. Good times. I think I'll call Andy once late at night and I'll say, hey, Andy, 
it's me, Andy, from the future. <laughs> like, try, try. I want to warn you. Freak out. Right. There's a stock market crash coming. Sell all your stocks. It's me, Andy. Let's <laughs> just see if I can if I can get them that way. But yeah. <laughs> you got to tell him to like Venmo a certain number and like, take care of it for you for you, and you'll be taking care of the future. We'll split it. We we'll, trick them. Since this is kind of your idea, we'll split it, Maggie. I'll, okay. I'll, 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 do I have to do taxes? Do I have to pay taxes on it? No, because we'd be stealing. So you don't have to pay oh. money. You don't have to pay okay. money on. Well, that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on, Maggie. How are you going to get okay. into politics someday? I've if been you can't doing it wrong. Something? All these papers here tell me I've been doing everything wrong. <laughs> you know, there's those moments, Maggie, in life where you start realizing that you're not young and you're not a kid anymore and like you're a full fledged like adult and i don't know is, is, is taxes is your taxes this year been a moment of god i'm an adult i mean they are every year i it just i'm like there's just too many i don't know they're just too complicated you got to get that did you try the turbo tax because that's that's the way you got i've do done it. that i did that like the other year but i think there's something weird and like I had unemployment from the beginning of the year and I have to file two separate states and it's just annoying. Yeah, that is that is that is a pain in the ass. Um, back to running as we get out of our voice characters and and, and taxes taxes talk. Um, what have you what have you learned training wise in, in, in since you've moved from Pennsylvania to Durango? I mean, I remember you saying to me like for the first month you felt like you were like completely out of shape once you got oh, yeah. to altitude like you're like, "Oh my god." Have I even ran a step before? Do you really think altitude does make you a stronger runner? Um, I think uh, endurance wise, yeah. But I think, and you know, I haven't gone down lower too much. I was, I went home to visit um, friends or my parents actually uh, after TRE in December, and I went running there, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't feel like amazing or like super woman. Um, I felt. A little bit slower, I think, because I can't get that turnover from doing that quality speed work. Yeah. Uh, but also, it's like in a downtrend from after bigs, and I'm just, you know, doing whatever. Um, but I think overall, yeah, I mean, the altitude's easier uh, now. And then when you go up to like, you know, 12,000, 13,000 feet, you feel it. But I think relatively, maybe I, it's less of an issue than if I lived at sea level, you know, you could be an expert on this and, and you could have the, the final say is, and I've asked other people that have kind of been in your situation. Is it harder training in high humidity that the kind you get, you know, out East, especially down South, or is it harder altitude training? I mean, I, I, most of my running was in humidity. So I mean, there's very few days where I was like, oh my God, this is too much. And mostly when I remembered the humidity and heat affecting me was after I'd get back from like uh, a week or two week trip from Colorado. (laughs) (laughs) Where you're like, oh, so humid. Um, So I don't really know. I mean, they both have their challenges. There's a lot less chafing here. reason enough to move because honestly yeah. there are days when you run down here and you're you're, you're just you look like you jumped into a pool 
Yeah. And then you hop in the yeah, shower. You know, I sit in my running clothes after I'm done running because they're just dry. God, like, what what must that be like? I would like? never do that. I wouldn't even like walk through the house, like you know, <laughs> in July in Philadelphia. I would when I came home. You know, I had like one unit air conditioning unit in my apartment, but like mm-hmm. the hallway area is just sweltering. But I would stand on a towel and like just go right into the shower because your clothes just stand there and drip. <laughs> right. And, like, I don't know. Here, it's just they dry right away. There's no, you know. Yeah. I bet you you're because you, your clothes get a funk if you run because you you know it your your running clothes with that humidity you wash them but they never really get clean and they start to develop a funk after a while it has to be nice to not have to worry about the funk ruining all your awesome running gear I don't know Ryan's clothes smell pretty funky so I don't know what <laughs> honestly like I mean. This is not like a shameless plug for a Nathan sport wash, but I use that stuff. It works pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other sport washes, but they eat the bacteria. That smell is the excrements of the bacteria that eat your sweat or whatever. That's how it was explained to me. Oh God. So this detergent kills that bacteria. I'm so gonna, I'm going to finish this white claw and forget that you talked about excrement from bacteria <laughs> bacteria on my clothes oh ryan loves white claw too and you know what's funny <laughs> what he is self-conscious about buying it in the store so he always buys a case of beer with it as well so that it looks like he's buying beer and then white claw for his lady <laughs> and it's not for me <laughs> it's a lot of beer and like three white claws left <laughs> You know, what's, what's so funny about White Claw is uh, this was probably, God, eight months ago. It was kind of like becoming a thing, right? And you saw it everywhere in the stores and there were ads for it. And my wife and all of her friends were like, have you heard of this White Claw? Because they all like um, LaCroix. Yeah, have you had Lacroix? Yeah, Yeah, it's like Uh polar seltzer, that sort of thing. Um, Yeah, like oh, it's superior polar. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like Lacroix, but it has booze in it. And so they all bought it and were talking about it. I I just thought it was funny that they were getting so excited about booze and seltzer. And so I remember we were doing a podcast, and I said, "Hey Stafford, have you heard of this White Claw?" And he's like, "Oh no, I've never heard of that White Claw." And so I said, "Well, go down to the fridge and grab one." And so we were drinking it on on the on the podcast, and he's like, "I really like this stuff." And he got he like really likes it, like really likes. It. Like I opened his eyes to yeah. to something that he'd been missing his whole life, and it honestly it, it gave me heartburn. I could have like one, and like I'd be up all night with heartburn, and I really couldn't drink it. But all the the memes and everything, and the jokes that kind of came out of it, it kind of became our thing. And so now I, <laughs> I drink it so often as like, well, I mean, I do joke about it plenty. I probably should should uh, should actually drink it. And then we have the. Um, the claw mile going on right now, Maggie, where it's a beer mile. Oh, okay. But it, but it's claw. And I think Ryan's yeah. Ryan should do it. You and Ryan should do. I uh, suggested that to him. I didn't know it was a thing. Yeah, no, it is. And, and if you go on ultra sign up and you uh, search claw mile, uh, you get a sweet t-shirt out of the deal. Uh, first place, man, first place, woman, and dead last are all going to be invited on the adventure jogger. So oh, nice. yeah, so he doesn't run anymore. He's retired, so I don't think he's going to do that. But he'll drink four white claws. Yeah, yeah, you can. Not, 
hey, he could get, he could get dead last. He could walk the whole thing and get dead yeah. last, and then we'll have your 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 boo Ryan on the adventure jogger. That's right. That'd be pretty I'm sure cool. He would love that. <laughs> they give him heartburn too, and he just drinks them anyway. Well, they are refreshing. Yeah, you have to outweigh the pros and cons. You know? <laughs> right. It's kind of it's kind of like <laughs> the first time when you're you're teen. You know, you got a daughter who's a teenager, and it's that that hits right the lady hits and your wife is like i need you to go to the store and get some of this stuff and and, and it's and as a man you're always kind of like 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 you think people are gonna think it's for you or something but you always be like well uh, you put it on the on the conveyor belt and you're like well these are for my daughter you know, like, like anyone's thinking they're for you and i'm sure ryan's probably the same way where he's like everybody every man who goes to the fridge and gets a white claw is like oh yeah my, my wife sure loves these white claws uh happy to go get them for because uh I'm a good husband uh, and boyfriend, uh, not because I enjoy drinking them at all. And it's kind of a shame that we have to hide our love for the claw, Maggie. Yeah. Well, you should just be proud. Be proud. That's right. Get get Ryan. <laughs> Ain't no laws when you're drinking the claws uh, shirt and let him just embrace his, his love of white claws. Oh. That's a good idea. He loves t-shirts. <laughs> so, so we got bigs, Maggie. Are you really excited to... Like, fingers crossed that it happens. Are you really excited to kind of get back and put a bib on again? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not, like, if it doesn't happen, at this point, you know, you were kind of used to, like, oh, this didn't happen, this didn't happen. Um, I do have, like, a pretty cool backup plan. Um, but I'll only, I'll tell you later if, if, if it happens, like if Biggs is canceled, I have a backup plan that we can go do something fun okay. with friends. Yeah. If, if it's able to happen too, uh, it just involves like a road trip to go run somewhere cool. But like, I don't know, it's good to have like backup plans or something. So at least you can just be like, well, I trained really hard and yeah. you know, just go run a hundred miles with friends somewhere or something. And then, yeah. Whatever. Let me know if that, if, if, if Biggs doesn't happen, let me know what your, what your plan is. Yeah. After it's done so it doesn't get ruined or whatever, but that'd be fun. Yeah. And hopefully we cross paths when I get dragged out to uh, Frozen Head because you're going to head out and do some training out to Frozen Head this year in, in preparation for Barkley? Yeah, in the winter, if it, if we can get there, like, yeah, I will go back out because uh, I had a really good training weekend with, um, uh, I feel like I can say Darcy, um, I don't think she's being secretive about being in. Yeah year um so we went and like ran together and you know i showed her the park and she's really funny because she's such a strong hiker i mean she's one hard rock a bunch and yeah uh she's like, i don't understand how people have not finished this i was like just wait <laughs> but you, you can't like actually do any of the really major climbs because they're off trail so mm -hmm. you know we kind of ran the trail and i'm like well we go down this we cross the trail here and she's like oh okay and you know once you're there then you kind of get it all but um it was fun to like kind of like show someone else like the course and yeah. just try to like put it all together. So I don't know, hopefully, hopefully next year you can get there and put in training. Did you take Darcy to the dollar general as kind of like a welcome to Wartburg? No, <laughs> no. I don't think we went anywhere. <laughs> you need to take Darcy. I had dinner with Laz after Darcy left. I stayed the next night. And I went to dinner with Laz at that Mexican place. Oh, yeah. yeah it was right. so good. I kept saying how good it was. And he's like, well, okay, it's good. But I think that you've just been running around in the cold and sleet and rain <laughs> for 
for seven hours and that's why it's so good. And I'm like, oh, okay. So even Laz was like, it's good, but let's just pump the brakes on it being that good, Maggie. Come on. It's not it's not that good. But please, 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 the next time you you take Darcy uh to to train at Frozen Head, please take her to the Dollar General. Okay, I don't even think I've been there. What? Oh, oh, Maggie, 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 you you have to go to the Dollar General okay. right out. It's right outside of the of the if you if you you head out of the of the park and then you you pass the the Morgan County Correctional Facility on the left. You take a right and about a mile down the road, there's a Dollar General, and it'll change your life, Maggie. It really will. Okay. <laughs> The war big party experience. <laughs> we are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search the Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. 